Welcome to this edition of the Ryan Waldis Sports Podcast. It is Thursday, July 26th, 2018, the last full week of July. It's crazy. August starts next week, next Wednesday. It's, I, keep, I said it last week, the summer has just flown by. Now there's really just about a month and uh, less than a week left uh, until we get to September which is really crazy to say. Uh, summer's flying by, but uh, hopefully all summer is going well. Mine has definitely uh, gone well to this point. We've almost reached the weekend. That's that's always a positive. A lot of fun stuff coming up in the sports world. Of course, NFL preseason training camps, they are now underway for most of the teams around the league. So now it's, uh, as someone on Twitter said, hashtag training camp season. Um, it's trade deadline is less than a week away. It's next Tuesday for major league baseball. We got some trades that have already taken place. Of course, Zach Britton is now a New York Yankee. Uh, I saw Joaquin Soria is now with the Milwaukee Brewers. The Astros got Martin Maldonado for some catching depth. So we got some trades going on. Uh, we'll have to wait and see if there's any more blockbuster trades that go on. I'm actually going to touch on a potential one. Uh, a little later on in the in this uh, episode of the Ryan Waldis Sports Podcast. Uh, yes, yeah, so it's an exciting time for, for sports. Of course, baseball now, they're in the, the stretch run part of the of the schedule. There's a lot of, uh, of course, pennant races going on all around, the, all around the league, which will be really fun to watch here as we transition into August over the final two months of the, of the regular season. Football, as I said, preseason is going to get started up pretty soon. I think the first game is sometime... If not late next week, then early the following week for the Hall of Fame game, uh, and just uh, it's a fun time to to be a, a sports fan. Of course, I'm a NASCAR fan, so I'm very excited because the stretch run for their season, their regular season, is, is getting underway. There's only uh, a handful of races left until the the playoffs begin, the chase. So I'm really looking forward to to that, especially since they will be at a road course in in two weeks. But not talking about NASCAR uh, on today's episode of the Ryan Wilder Sports Podcast. We'll save that for probably tomorrow. Uh, I know it's kind of become a running joke on the Ryan Wilder Sports Podcast where I say, oh, well, this podcast episode probably will not be too long. And then it ends up going 50 minutes, an hour, hour plus. But this one will not be as long. There are only two things that I really want to that I really want to touch on today on the on the podcast. As always, just some housekeeping notes. You can listen to this podcast on several different streaming services right now. You can check this out on iTunes, Spotify, CastBox, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you know, most of the, the major streaming sites you can find this podcast on. So whichever one you prefer, just search for Ryan Walter Sports Podcast and it'll be on there. You can see the full list at two different locations. You can go to anchor.fm slash Ryan Walter Sports Podcast. You can also go to my link tree and you can do that by going to ryanwaldis.com and clicking on the podcast tab. And that'll bring you to my link tree. And on that link tree, you can see the full list of services that my podcast is offered on. You can also get links to my website, my social media, just any way to connect with me. You can find that on the link tree. Also would like to announce, and I will hit on this again at the end of the podcast, but the NFL preview series will get started up pretty soon. Uh, it's There will be a podcast every day for the NFL preview series. They might not be full podcasts, right? They might just be, you know, there might be some days where the podcast episode is simply just uh, an NFL team preview, but I'll be previewing one team a day for 32 straight days. And then on the 33rd day, uh, it will be my NFL predictions. Um, usually not uh, terribly great 
at the at the NFL predictions. Uh, I you know I like to look at them at the end of the season based on what I said at the start of the season. And of course, obviously you're going to hit on a couple of them, but you're also going to be wrong on you know a couple of them as well. But it's always fun just to see what you thought about it, uh, you know in September before Week One. You look back at it in January as the playoffs are about to begin. You're like, oh, okay, I was way off with this. But that'll be starting up pretty soon. I don't know if I'm going to start it on July 31st or August 1st. I still have not decided, but I'm really excited. I'm going to get some friends on to the podcast to talk about their favorite teams. As I said, Nick Halper, who has been on the podcast before, he'll be talking about his Dallas Cowboys. Matt Luca, who has been name-dropped a couple of times so far, have not gotten him on yet, but he'll be on to talk about the New England Patriots. So I'm going to get some of my friends on to talk about their favorite teams. Of course, I'm an Eagles fan, so I'm going to wait and see if I want to bring someone on for that, but hopefully you guys are looking forward to that as much as I am. My friends are very knowledgeable uh, about sports, so uh, they will definitely contribute a lot to the NFL preview, which uh, I'm definitely looking forward to. I've been looking forward to it ever since I started this podcast back in early January, or (laughs) early January, that would have been nice, Uh, early July, as a truck is beeping outside of my house. I'm losing my focus, that's not good, but I'm really looking forward to that. I hope you guys are as well, but that is uh, for another day. It is July 26th. So as I said, two things I want to talk about today. Uh, one uh, relates to the NFL and the other relates to Major League Baseball. So we will start in the NFL. So James Winston, of course, he was suspended for the first three games of the NFL's regular season following allegations that stem from a 2016 incident. Uh, which uh, I think, you know, he had to be suspended, I think is fair, but it's not so much that he got suspended. That's not what I'm going to talk about. It's more of what the the quotes that came out today, because the quotes that came out today from Jameis Winston were were really mind-blowing. So they came out, I'm looking at this now, about three hours ago. So I'm recording this at, right now it is 2.51 p.m. So these came out roughly at noontime today, Eastern time. So the, the first thing I want to talk about, he says that, Uh, Jameis Winston calls suspension a learning experience. Um, And I'll say that again. It's those actual words. He said he saw it as a learning experience. So this was the first time he's talked to reporters since the the three-game suspension became official. Um, And as I said, these were stemming from the allegations from a 2016 incident when he was in an Uber and he was groping a a female, the the female driver, obviously inappropriately. Um, So he said uh, a couple quotes. He said, I know I have hard work to do to regain the trust of this community. Um, And he was saying all this to Greg Allman of the Tampa Bay Times. So he also said, I'm just focused on moving forward. Now, he was asked about specifics about the incident. He said, I'm just focused on moving forward. That's all I can do is grow and learn from the situation. It's a learning experience. I've worked hard in this community since I've got here, and I'm going to continue to work hard on and off the field. Uh, And uh, according to this NBC Sports Pro Football Talk article, Winston said he spoke to his teammates and apologized, saying he didn't want to be a distraction to the team. And then, of course, the dad of the team, Dirk Cutter, apparently he was disappointed. And he told Winston, being a leader starts with leading yourself. Um, And uh, according to this article, Winston said all the right things during the press conference, pointing out that his son was born the day his suspension came down. Um, So it's it's great that he can say all the right things during the press conference. Right. Uh, we, We have to go back a little bit because he says that this suspension for him 
was was a learning experience, which it red flag right there, right? So Jameis Winston, he's 24 years old. He's going to be 25 uh, pretty soon. He was their first overall pick in the 2015 draft for the Buccaneers, right? Um, it, that class was him and Marcus Mariota, and the Buccaneers decided that Winston was worth that number one overall pick over Mariota, who went number two to the Titans. Uh, so Mariota, of course, the quarterback out of Florida State, had all the potential in the world. Uh, I... I've said this, multiple other people have said this, he had the potential, if he put everything together, to be a top five quarterback in the National Football League. If he put everything together, it's his absolute ceiling, he could have been one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL for at least a decade, if not longer. Um, So naturally, none of that has happened. Uh, He's flashed that potential, that tantalizing potential, but then it just seemingly goes away. And he turns into, I'm not going to say one of the worst quarterbacks in the league because that's that's taken a little too far, but he turns into a very mediocre quarterback. So we've seen the flashes. We've also seen the not-so-flashes. Um, but it's it, it upsets me that he says that this suspension was a learning experience, right? So you take a look at Wikipedia, right? I understand there's a stigma around Wikipedia, but it's you, know, you, you take a look at his Wikipedia page. There... There is a, an entire section, right, uh, for controversies. Uh, so, number one, if, if you are in the, the public eye, you don't want to have, you know, you, you don't want to get into any controversies. Well, uh, this this thing right here, uh, there there are four uh, controversies listed for, for Jameis Winston. So, the fact that, number one, um, he deems this suspension to be a learning experience um, is a little worrisome considering that all going back all the way to 2012, there, there have been issues uh, regarding Jameis Winston. So we'll start in with that. So sexual assault allegation. Once again, I'm just reading this right from the Wikipedia page. Um, it's all true facts. These things are everything that happened. None of this was edited. I can guarantee you that. You can look it up yourself. So uh, on November 14th, 2013, the state attorney of the Second Judicial Circuit announced they were opening an investigation into a sexual assault allegation involving Winston that was originally filed with the Tallahassee Police Department on December 7th, 2012. So, of course, this is when he was still in college. Uh, the complaint was originally investigated by the police and classified as an open inactive in February 2013 with no charges being filed. The police report containing the complainant's original statement had been posted by the Tallahassee Police Department. Um, yeah, the Tallahassee Police Department. Uh, on December 5th, 2013... Uh, State Attorney Willie Meggs announced the completion of the investigation and that no charges would be filed against anyone in the case, citing major issues with the woman's testimony. Um, So we go now to, okay, so it says allegations of improper police conduct have been made by both parties, with the complaint claiming to have been pressured into dropping her claim and Winston's attorney allegedly alleging inappropriate leaks to the media. Uh, now, it, it was interesting. Florida State's policy is that athletes charged with felony cannot play until their case is resolved, but Winston continued to play throughout the investigation because he was never charged. So we go forward a year. So this was, this took, so the, as I said, the charge was on uh, November 2013. It was stemming from an incident that happened in December 2012. So we fast forward a year to April 2014. Uh, the New York Times, once again, all from Wikipedia, That's I, I'm just going to put that out there one more time. That's where I'm getting this information from. It's all right there on the page. The New York Times reported irregularities in the rape investigation involving Winston. The complainant uh, developed bruises and semen was found on her underwear. 34 days later, the complainant identified Winston by name as her attacker. Tallahassee, Tallahassee Police 
contacted Winston about 13 days later. No DNA sample was taken from Winston until the prosecutor took over the case months later. Once it was taken in November 2013, it was found to match DNA found in the complainant's underwear. The investigation was conducted by Scott Angelo, who the Times article notes did private security work for the Seminole Boosters, who are the primary financer of Florida State Athletics. The official FSU hearing, uh, which took place in December of 2014, so we went from April to December, uh, cleared Winston of violating the student conduct code in the sexual assault allegation. Um, the This was from Justice Major B. Harding, and he said, and I quote, I do not find the credibility of one story substantially stronger than that of the other. Both have their own strengths and weaknesses. I cannot find with any confidence that the events is set forth by you, the accuser, or a particular combination thereof is more probable than not as required to find you responsible for a violation of the code. Therein lies the determinative factor of my decision. So, uh, in English, it means that Winston apparently did not do anything wrong. There was not enough proof. So the accuser, uh, whose name was Eric Kinsman, um, she identified herself publicly uh, in April 2014. Uh, so naturally, what Winston does is he countersues her for defamation, as I hit my elbow on my desk, and torturous uh, uh, inter interference. Um, so now that was May 2014. Um, so now we go to September 2015. Uh, a federal judge declined a motion to dismiss his claim for defamation. Um, so these suits were combined and they were scheduled to begin in May 2017. So November 2015, Winston told CNN that he was prepared to file suit if the network airs this documentary about college campus rape, which included these allegations about Winston. So in 2016, the university paid $950,000 to settle a lawsuit brought by Kinsman alleging a violation of of Title IX by FSU and handling her complaint, then the university also agreed to conduct five years of sexual awareness programs. It did not admit liability. So it's that entire it's it's really sketchy already, right? So this is when Jameis was still in college. This entire situation took four over a four year span. It's just it's really sketchy, right? Especially when you consider that the the university paid her nine hundred and fifty thousand. It it's. It's, it's weird when, like, we, we hear about all these stories about how athletes and, like, they, they get these rape accusations uh, accused onto them, right? And sometimes they're not true, right? But other times it's just, it's it's a little odd that they, these these women get paid, like, $950,000 in this example. So it, the entire thing was really sketchy. Like, it, nobody really knows at this point what actually happened. But to even have to worry about this when, when you're in college, right? So this, this is something that started in 2012 right so this was something that that happened six years ago when Jameis was what if he's 24 right now so he was 18 so he was 18 years old when all this started that's that's the that's that's a major red flag right there but it's not done you know what what was the commercial was it what was it, it was Billy Mays he's like we're not done yet or something like that so we go to shoplifting incidents um, so now, uh, in July, 2013, now this was, this was kind of, this was very public, a Burger King employee called police, um, to complain that Winston was stealing soda. Um, so that's, uh, an employee who recognized him first saw him using ketchup cups to take some soda. Uh, he asked for a water cup after she told him to stop, but he said he would, he said he would use it for soda and filled it repeatedly with soda over her objections. Uh, so on April 29, 2014, so a year later, he was issued an adult civil citation 
for shoplifting crab legs from a Tallahassee public store. So his punishment for this was to undergo 20 hours of community service, and he was suspended from any college baseball activity. Of course, people know he played also college baseball at Florida State along with football. Moving on, his senior season, his final year there, September 17, 2014, he was suspended for the first half of Florida State's upcoming game against uh, Clemson. So several students tweeted that Winston shouted, I'm not going to say this. Um, it was an internet meme back then. Um, while standing atop a table in Florida State University's student union. Um, so there was vulgar comments. Two days later, the university president and athletic director um, said that he would, there was an ongoing investigation, and they cited these results. Um, they said that he would be suspended for the whole game. Um, and now he gets into the NFL um, after all this. So three incidents when he's in college, right? Three incidents. Um, so then we go even further. Um, so last year, November 2017, so middle of the season, um, it was reported that the NFL conducted an investigation where Winston groped, as I, we this, going back now, we're going back full circle, uh, he groped a female Uber driver in 2016. Uh, two days later, and as an Eagles fan, this was, uh, this was you know, rough to hear, um, especially during the season, uh, it was revealed that Ronald Darby, who was one of our cornerbacks, uh, he was with Florida State at the same time Winston was there. Um, he was also on board during the ride in which this incident supposedly occurred. Darby, um, which was uh, really upsetting to hear, uh, he, uh, he defended Winston against the allegations. Um, the investigation found evidence that Winston got into another Uber alone, which was consistent with the Uber driver's account, and concluded that Winston violated the personal conduct policy by touching the driver by, by touching the driver in an inappropriate and sexual manner without her consent. The league announced on June 21st, so roughly about a month ago, um, it was planned to suspend Winston for the first three games of the 2018 season, and that became official one week later on June 28th. So Jameis Winston um, has gone through a lot of of controversy since he's become, um, you know, since he's been in, in college all the way now to where he's been in the NFL. So I wanted to to preface that I wanted to I needed to say all that because it, when he says the suspension is learning experience, why has nothing else that you have been involved with in your life been a learning experience? Why were the rape allegations that were eventually dropped but were still very sketchy? Why was that not a learning experience for you? Why were the sh- well? First of all, you shouldn't even have to. You know that should not even have to be a learning experience. You should never do that to begin with. But then, why is the Burger King thing that happened when he was stealing soda? Why was that not a learning experience? Why was stealing crab legs not learning experience? That twenty hours of community service. Why was that not a learning experience for you? Why was being suspended for an entire game against Clemson a learning experience for you? Why was being suspended from any college baseball activity until you completed those 20 hours of community service a a learning experience for you? Why did it take until right now? Why does it take until six years later after all this shit that has happened in your life that you've been involved in? How is it going to take you six years for a suspension to be considered a learning experience? It, It boggles my mind. It boggles my mind that this guy is, you know, he's one of the faces of this franchise. He's someone that, you know, 
you like it or not, you can. There's gonna be kids that look up to this guy, no matter what, just because he plays for their favorite team. How are you gonna say that this suspension, this one, this is the one that you consider a learning experience? But that wasn't all that Winston said, right? So there were other things that he said. Um, an actual quote from Jameis Winston, and once again, this was to to Greg Amon, who who covers the Bucks for the Tampa Bay Times. An actual quote, and he actually, Greg actually prefaces this quote by saying, actual quote from Jameis Winston, my main goal is to be a great person, a great teammate, and a great leader every single day. I think I've done that. It Bullshit right there. How can you say that everything you've done over the past six years means that, how can you honestly say that you've been a great person, a great teammate, and a great leader every single day. How can you honestly say that? Like what? Like uh, number one, when when has this like taken place? Right? Like, ha, uh, like he says every single day. I think I've done that every single day since when? June twenty eighth? Because it hasn't been every single day since December seventh, two thousand twelve. It's it, 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 it like I'm speech right like right like I'm stuttering on that like I'm speechless because I'm so angry because I would I would love to see. There's no way he could have said that with a straight face. There's no way he could have honestly said, my main goal is to be a great person, a great teammate, and a great leader every single day. I think I've done that. There's no possible way that he could actually believe that when it came out of his mouth. And I don't know if his PR guy was like, I don't know if his PR guy told him to say that. I don't know if Jameis just thought that would be a good thing to say because apparently, according to that pro football talk thing, Jameis said all the right things. That's not the right thing to say. You can't honestly say if you're Jameis Winston that you've been a great person, a great teammate, and a great leader every single day. You can't say everything that's gone on in your life. You can't say that. And there's one more quote that, that I want to bring up, and it was on drinking. I've made a lot of positive strides since I've been here, uh, which it, it doesn't seem like he has. So I've just got to continue to grow as a man, as a person, as a leader, as a father. And I know I can't put myself in situations like that. So it, once again, right? So uh, going back to 2012, he was 18 years old. So once again, it has taken you six years to for you to learn that you can't put yourself in situations like the ones you've been in. You can't put yourself in, in situations to where you're being, uh, you know, alleged to to have raped someone. You can't put yourself in situations to where you're shoplifting from a Tallahassee public store. You can't put yourself in situations where you're groping uh, a female Uber driver. It take it took you six years until you were twenty, almost twenty five, right? So you know, p- point that out. He's he's almost twenty five years old. He's gonna be twenty five in January. So uh, you know, in what, what's that? Six months from now, he's gonna be twenty five years old. It took you that long to figure out that you can't put yourself in these situations. And, you know, we're, we're going to hear one of the things that he keeps talking about is his kid, right? He, he keeps talking about, oh, because the kid was born the day the suspension was handed down. Um, he keeps talking about, like, oh, how he's going to be this, you know, great father, this, that. And the other, and to an extent, like, we've seen Deshaun Jackson, right? Deshaun Jackson said that, you know, when his kid came into his life, he became this new guy, and it seems like he has. But, like, for Jameis Winston, like, it's tough, right? Like, according to that pro football talk thing, like, it said that Jameis said all the right things, but saying it is one thing. You got to actually do it for it to mean anything. And it's hard for me to believe that Jameis can, can like, suddenly turn into this. He's been enthralled in, that's not the right word, but we're going to go with it. He's been, he's been engulfed. That's what I'm going to say. He's been engulfed in this big, huge black cloud of controversy for six years. And it's it's never gotten any better, right? It's It, it just, I don't know. 
it it upsets me because this guy could have had everything right like this guy could have worked hard he could like and granted this was going coming into the league he already had the rape allegations and the shoplifting allegations but coming into the league this guy could have been the he could have been the best right like he could have been one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL he could have worked his ass off and I don't I'm not in Tampa Bay but so I don't know I'm not going to say that he could have gotten more involved in the community because I don't know how involved he is in the community down there according to him he's pretty fucking involved I don't know if that's the case but, you know, he could have been really involved in the community. He could have, you know, led the Buccaneers to the, the promised land and got them another title. He could have he could have been set. He could have made hundreds of millions of dollars, been one of the best quarterbacks in the league for 10 to 15 years, and he could have retired. He could have been, you know, really well-liked in Tampa and Florida and maybe all around the country, and he would have been fine. But instead, he just finds himself in controversy after controversy, you know, 24 years old, you already you already have these rape allegations. You groped a female Uber driver. You shoplifted. You did all this stupid shit, and you're only 24 years old. So it, I don't know. It's like, I feel like three games, right? Everything this guy has done, he's kind of skirted through. Like he's never had to deal with like any repercussions. What's the worst thing this guy's had to deal with in his life? 20 hours of community service, and now he has a three-game suspension. This guy, this guy, like, it, it blows my mind that he gets a three-game suspension for, for this, right? Like, it, it blows my, number one, it blows my mind he's still on a football team. Uh, number two, three games, I feel like, you know, three games, that's, that's a little light. I feel like he, you know, a little more would have been good. So, it's, I, I don't know, I, I, I've reached a point to where I'd be shocked because, obviously, you think about Jameis Winston, um, it's, you don't, like, so you, you, I'm going to bring up his contract information right now. So obviously he gets the, excuse me, he, he gets the rookie deal. It was a four year deal is worth $25 million. So they, they picked up his option next year uh, and it's worth $20 million. He's an unrestricted free agent after the 2019 season. I, I'll, I'll say right now, and I hope to God I'm wrong, um, but I'd be shocked if he is still on the Buccaneers after 2019. Not just because of his play on the field, I'm going to get into that in a second, but because of all this stuff that's been circling around him ever since he was in college, ever since he came into the league, I'd be shocked if the Buccaneers commit to him as their franchise quarterback. I would be absolutely shocked. So uh, I said that I was going to... So uh, I'm trying to think about how... So I I said I was going to to talk about his play on the field just, just for a second. So you take a look... At, at Jameis Winston, his his career statistics, it's they're they're not phenomenal. As I said that you know he's he's a guy who he sh- he's shown the flashes that that made him the number one overall pick, but he's also shown you know the the issues, right? So you take a look at his rookie year. He comes in, he completes fifty eight percent of his passes. He throws over four thousand yards, twenty two touchdowns, but fifteen interceptions. That's that's not great. The next year, you, you kind of envision that at 22 years old, he'll take another step forward. The team does better, um, but he completes 60% of his passes, 28 touchdowns, but 18 interceptions. And now last year, um, the, the team was obviously not good at all. Uh, he completes 63% of his passes, which was the best so far to that point in his career. He throws for 3,500 yards, 19 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. It's just sometimes he seems a little lost out there on the field. He makes these stupid decisions. They lead to stupid interceptions as a bee flies outside of my window. Um, it's – that's like – you take every – all the controversies out of it, like just for a second, 
I'm not committing to this guy as my franchise quarterback. And then you add in everything that this guy has done um, or allegedly done over the past six years of his life since he was at Florida State, since the rape allegations that started in December 7, on December 7, 2012. I, it's, how, could you, how can you rightfully commit four or five years and over $100 million to that guy? How can you do if you're the general manager, right? And you're you're responsible for giving out the contracts and deciding who's going to be on your team and who's not. How could you actually like in your head think, "All right, this, you know, it's this is the right decision. We're going to give this guy a 5-year extension worth 100 and whatever million dollars, make him one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league, you know, it, with based on what he's shown us. He hasn't shown me enough on the field to commit to that. He certainly hasn't showed me enough off the field to commit to that, which is why I'm saying I would be shocked if he is still on the Buccaneers after 2019. As I said, he becomes a free agent after that season. I'd be shocked if he is still on the Buccaneers. But that was my rant for the, you know, I got uh, a little heated, definitely a little code red, talking about Jameis Winston. Um, (laughs) I I did not envision talking for as long as I did about Jameis Winston. There was something interesting that came out. Uh, Dirk Cutter. Now, aside from all this, Dirk Cutter today also said he did not commit to Winston starting in week four when he returns from suspension, which uh, I'd be shocked if he doesn't because it's either him um, or Ryan Fitzpatrick or Ryan Griffin. Ryan Fitzpatrick's not going to do anything. We know that. Um, 35 years old. He's, you know, he's, he's not the, he's not the one chief. Like he's, he's not the guy that's going to take reps away from Jameis Winston. But something else interesting came out today as well, that the Jets would not be against trading Teddy Bridgewater, um, especially if Darnold wins the backup quarterback job. Uh, So I, if I'm Tampa Bay, I'm on the phone, right? I'm, I'm watching how the, I'm watching what happens this preseason with Teddy, but I, my ass is on the phone. Uh, I can't, I, I should know who their general manager is. I don't, but I would 100% be on the phone. Like, listen, what do you want for Teddy? I'd be happy with him because if I'm like, if I'm a general manager, you know, it's, I, I kind of wonder, like, I would like to see what Teddy can do for me, right? Like if you're not going to start Jameis after he comes back from his three game suspension, let me see what Teddy can do out there, right? This was a guy that showed a lot of potential with Minnesota. I know not everyone agrees with that, but I watched it. I've seen him on tape. He's, he's He showcased a lot of potential, and he definitely has that potential to be a top 15 quarterback at worst. Uh, he could be a lot better um, if everything if he hits a ceiling. So he showcased that with Minnesota before the unfortunate injury. So if I'm Tampa Bay, um, if you're really not going to commit to starting Winston in week four, let me see what Teddy can do. Let me see if Teddy can be that guy. And then maybe, you know, Teddy, he's, you talk about controversy. Teddy's nothing, right? Like him and Winston, they're polar opposites in that regard. So I'd like to see what Teddy can do. And if he can, you know, lead the team, not maybe, not to a playoff berth, because I don't think that's realistic for Tampa Bay this year. But if he can lead them, you know, if he shows you enough on film and be like, okay, we, we could see the potential. I'd commit to him before I commit to Winston. And, I, you know, maybe I'm the only one, but it's, I don't know. I feel like, it's just fair to say, because you look at Tampa Bay this year, and we're going to get into it, you know, more in depth um, when I do my my preseason uh, or my NFL preview on them. It's it, they're not, you know, phenomenal on paper. They're not this team you look at like, okay, these guys, they're definitely going to make the playoffs. There's there's some holes on this team, right? Like they got they have some weapons on offense, the defense they got a couple guys, but it's it's a little worrisome, you know, if you're Tampa Bay. So. I, you know, it's with everything surrounding Winston, bring in Teddy. You know what? Bring in Teddy. Why not? If Teddy works out, great. If not, oh, well. 
but I would definitely more so commit to Teddy before I would commit to Jameis. So that was 30 minutes, 31 minutes, almost 32 minutes of, uh, well, not not really because I did the intro, but um, uh, a, a long amount of time talking about uh, some jackass who plays quarterback for, for Tampa Bay. Uh, we're going to move now to baseball. I'm not going to talk about this for, for too long, but there was a report that came out today, um, I guess technically yesterday, from the general manager of the Nationals, uh, Mike Rizzo. And this was 106.7 The Fan. Uh, they are one of the, uh, I guess, the Delmarva um, sports radio stations. And they said, Rizzo um, said that, um, so he was asked uh, if Harper, before the deadline, if they would be considered trading him or if he's 100% off the table. And Rizzo told these guys, um, who are the junkies, um, the I guess that's a show, I couldn't tell you. Uh, he said, a lot of things go into that question. That's a question that is tough to answer it would have to be a spectacular set of circumstances for us to do that. Uh, and now Rizzo, the, as the article points out, like he's he's never been one of those guys that says players are untouchable. He says that every player is available for the right price, which I agree with. Like I think that if you are if you're a general manager, you have to at least listen on everybody. Like if someone like hypothetically, if the Yankees were to offer them Aaron Judge and Luis Severino, right? Like now they they would never do that. But hypothetically, if they did, you would have to listen to it. But you look at the Nationals right now, they sit one game under 500 as we have less than a week to go in the month of July. They're 15-51, they're seven games back in the NL East, they're five and a half back in the wildcard race. So you take a look at the NL wildcard race right now, uh, Milwaukee currently leads, they're 58-46, and they're game up on Atlanta who are 54-44, and so Atlanta four games back in the win column, but two games ahead in the loss column, so they're only a game back. And you take a look at Arizona. They're half a game back. Colorado, they're one and a half games back. Pittsburgh, who have gone nine and one in their last ten, they won I think like ten or eleven straight games. They are fifty three and fifty. Uh, they are three and a half back. So Pittsburgh has vaulted themselves back into contention. Are they going to be in contention? You know, a month from now, I'd be shocked if they are. But for right now, they're right in the playoff picture once again. This was a team that was close to ten games under five hundred going into the going into the All Star break, and now they're right back in it. San Francisco, who I said I'm not too high on, they're 52 and 51. They're four and a half back. St. Louis, they're 51 and 51. They're five back. And then you have Washington. So there are one, two, three. For those keeping track at home, there are one, two, three, four, five, five teams ahead of Washington. And even if they overtake all those five teams, they're still they'd still be behind Atlanta, right? So there are a lot of teams in front of Washington now. You know, in to Washington's defense, there's nobody behind them right now. They have Cincinnati behind them, who I, I I'll give credit to them. They played respectable baseball, but they're not they're not in the playoff picture. Miami, the Mets, and San Diego. Those are the four teams behind Washington. So Washington, it's it, they're they're the last team right now in the playoff picture. They are they are the last team. They are clinging on. They're the only team in the NL uh, in the playoff picture that's under 500. Grant, they're one game under. I understand that, but um. It's you take you, you consider trading Harper. Um, he said, uh, according to Rizzo, he said, if it improves your club for the now and for the future, you certainly have to consider it. And I rarely take into account about the free agent leaving that you have less of a chance of re-signing him if you wanted him. To me, it was shown like the Chapman situation with the Yankees. They traded him away and they re-signed him the next year. Those things can happen all the time with free agents. I think the free agent question is, if you're not in a long-term plan, which means you're going to be a free agent at the end of the season, then you improve the club for 18 and beyond and lengthen your farm system and deepen your chances to make a run down the road. 
I think you have to consider all aspects, and we certainly will. We have in the past, we've been buyers at the deadline, we've been sellers at the deadline, and we've been a mixture of buying and selling at the deadline, and I don't see that changing moving forward this year. Um, and then he, later on in the interview, he said, you guys are talking like we're looking to 2019. I'm looking to 230 today when we play the Brewers, and they did win that game against the Brewers 7-3. to But if, if I'm the Nationals, right, I, I highly doubt that Bryce Harper is going to re-sign with, with Washington. I could be wrong, right? Like I say that a lot on my podcast, I could be wrong. I will admit if I'm wrong when he re-signs with them, but I would be shocked if he stays in Washington. That's not me saying that Washington's this really bad location for baseball, but he's going to have a lot of teams going after him. He's going to have San Francisco. He's going to have the Yankees. He's going to have the Cubs. He's going to have the Phillies. He's going to have a lot of suitors at his door by the time free agency rolls around, which is why I would be shocked if if he you know if he becomes if he goes back to Washington, and you know I I read like a hypothetical about how oh well if they pitch that he could be if he resigns with Washington he could be you know this Washington sports legend the number one guy when he retires, I I don't know about all that you know Alex Ovechkin just won the guy won Washington a Stanley Cup so right now he's the guy in Washington there's not really anyone on the Redskins you can say that you know there is. The Wizards, of course, they have Wall and Beal, but they're not on that same level. They've, you know, they're not going to win a championship for that city. And Harper, I think he would have to be part of a World Series winning squad where Harper is one of the main contributors if he even, you know, enters that echelon of Washington sports legends. So I don't think that pitch would work. Um, so I, I think if you're Rizzo, if some team blows you away with an offer, um, and even if they don't, I'd, I'd actively be looking for a team to trade Harper to, right? So, like, he, he mentions, like, not worrying about, like, re-signing him, like, trading him and then re-signing him, you know, stuff like that. Um, I would definitely be looking to trade Harper. I'd be looking to trade multiple guys on this roster because the it's you can make the case that, oh, you know, this team just needs to get on a big winning streak and they're right back in it. And that's true. If this team goes on a winning streak, they're they're right back in the wildcard race. But we're starting to reach the point now in the season, you know, less than a week away from the deadline as we enter August, where, you know, if you're, like, if you're five and a half games back in May, that's not, you know, that's not a terrible thing to overcome. If you're five and a half games back in 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 August, uh, it's that is tough to overcome, right? Like it's it's very tough to make up games now, like at this point in the season, because the teams ahead of you, they're ahead of you for a reason. So it's it would it's it would be very tough to to make up those games. Granted, five and a half, it's not like you know seven or eight. But it, it, it's going to be extremely difficult for that team. Uh, and I say this as someone that has to, you know, watch them play a lot since they're in the Phillies division. It's going to be very tough for them to, to make a run this year. Especially now, they just put Steven Strasburg once again on the 10-day disabled list. They called up Tommy Malone. Um, it's I think he has like a four-something ERA, a little over four in some starts with their AAA affiliate this year. So their rotation right <laughs> A rotation right now, you got Max Scherzer, um, who obviously is in the Cy Young conversation. Gio Gonzalez, who's been uh, reliable, if, if nothing else. Jeremy Hellickson, um, nobody expected that coming into the year. Tanner Roark, who he is what he is, and now Tommy Malone. That's not really inspiring a ton of uh, intimidation uh, if, you're, uh, if you're an opposing team. So, and Jeff Passan, I should say, he uh, the, the comments for Yahoo Sports... He, according to his sources today, the Washington Nationals have started discussions with teams to gauge interest if they decide to sell. 
of particular interest are Kelvin Herrera, Sean Kelly, and Ryan Madsen. Nats are telling teams they'll know by the end of the week. So you take a look at the national schedule uh, right now. They're getting set to start a four-game series with the Marlins. So this series with the Marlins, uh, it's crazy to say this, it determines the rest of their season. If this team doesn't take at least three games from the Marlins, they they might sell. And maybe not even might sell. Like, it seems like they will sell. Because Miami, obviously, one of the worst teams in the league this year. They said at 44 and at 59. How many teams are worse than them? One, two, three, four, five, six. There are six teams worse than Miami this year. Miami, 40, and give credit to Miami, too. They play better of, of, of late. 44 and 59. This is, this is the team, right, where, like, Washington, one of the so one one of the old Phillies yearbooks. Uh, it was one of the players. I forget who said it. I think it was Pat Burrell. He said that um, when you get to this point in the season, you can't just start like you can't just like take two or three or three or four. You got to start sweeping the teams that you're supposed to sweep uh, in order to get back into the race, in order to vault yourself into contention. So it's it seems as this Miami series it's gonna be uh it's this is it like this is it for the Nationals like if they don't take at least three or four and maybe even if they don't sweep them it it might be it that's then they might sell they might trade the relievers right they might trade Herrera Kelly and Matson they might trade Harper they might trade Daniel Murphy they might trade you know multiple guys on that team and I'm not gonna say it's gonna be a fire sale because there's there's gonna be guys on that team that they keep but you know it's the way the Nationals are set up, I'd kind of say that maybe building up that farm system a little bit would help. That way you can make a run down the road because you have young pieces right now that are intriguing. Obviously, you have Trey Turner, who's only 25. You have Juan Soto, who's still a teenager. You have the young pieces there to to where you're going to be, you know, it's if you get maybe a couple more young pieces in there. And then, of course, watch them. They'll, they'll have the capital to sign some guys in free agency. If, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to trade guys like that, you know, reset your farm system, get in some more prospects in there, as, as Rizzo said, just rebuild it up and, and set yourself up to make a run down the road because their window is is now officially closed. This was the last year the window was going to be open. And it, it, granted, it was kind of half shut entering the year, uh, if you're going to ask me. But it's now their window, it's, you know, it's, it's closed, right? Like they're not going to win a World Series this year. They're not going to win a World Series next year. So I think now is about the time where you have to take the longest view in the room and you think, okay, uh, let's, let's just, let's get some, let's get some young, fresh talent into this organization. Let's kind of change some things around that way, you know, maybe in, you know, two to three years, they're ready to make that run at, at the world series again. But now with teams like Philadelphia and Atlanta above you, um, in the national league East that have kind of overtaken you, I think it's time to just take a step back, realize that your window is closed. You had your opportunity. You didn't take advantage of it. So now it's time to, to change some things up. Um, then if I'm Mike Rizzo, I, you know, I would definitely trade Harper for, for sure, because you kind of have to understand that he's probably not going to resign with you. So if you can get anything for him, it's worth more than that compensation pick is worth. If you can get, you know, three or four prospects for Bryce Harper, despite the way he's played this year, that's worth a hell of a lot more than what that compensation pick at pick 30 plus is going to be worth for you. So that's, that's all I wanted to say about Bryce Harper. And that'll be it for the Ryan Wallace sports podcast today. We'll be back tomorrow talking a little NASCAR and, uh, and whatever else. But I want to thank you for listening. Once again, you can listen to this on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, CastBox, Google Podcasts, whatever your preferred service is, you can check it out. Check out my website at ryanwallace.com and connect with me on social media. I want to thank you again for listening to the July 26th edition of the Ryan Wallace Sports Podcast, and I'll catch you again next time. Thank you for listening.
Oh, 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 oh,